Welcome to the Make Money Behave podcast, where we talk about your money, your circumstances, and the small changes in your behavior that will have a big impact on both. My name is Maria Casillas, and I am honored to be your host. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Make Money Behave podcast, where we talk about the small changes in your behavior that you can make that will have a big impact on your money and your circumstances, where we teach you how to take control back of your money so that you can be more proactive with your spending and with your saving and get into more of a growth mindset rather than being stuck in your fixed mindset. My name is Maria Casillas, and I'm so excited to be back here with you today. Listen, today I want to talk to you a little bit about teamwork. Now, usually on a Tuesday, I will do some sort of Tell Me Tuesday, and this is not a specific question that comes from one particular person, but a lot of times people will say, you know, Maria, I have a really hard time getting my spouse on board, and I'm not quite sure how to make all this work. Well, Anybody who knows me, or if you've just listened to episode one anytime, then you know that I have a history in psychology. And I like to kind of take a little bit of what I learned there and apply it to my everyday life. In fact, it's funny to me when people will say, hey, you know, I know that you went and got a master's degree and you spent all that money on student loans and such. And, and, you know, now you're a stay at home mom. I mean, doesn't that ever make you frustrated that you're not using your degree? And I look at them and I'm like, um, hello, you know, I have three kids and a husband. I use my psychology degree all the time. So you'll feel a little bit of psychology, maybe a little bit of reverse psychology sprinkled throughout this particular episode, but I wanted to let you know that I'm not specifically answering the question about how to get your spouse on board so much as I am talking about the idea of teamwork. And in this instance, your spouse really is part of your team. So let's go ahead and get started. The best way to accomplish a huge goal is to get your team on board. Now, if you're in a business, you know what that means. It's pretty intuitive. You're either a team leader or you're part of a team. And so you know that each individual has their own own little thing that they need to do, right? And then everyone works together, they do their own thing, they come together and they get the result that they're looking for. But in order for that team to be on board, everybody has to have an idea of what that vision is and it has to be in alignment with something that they're willing to work towards. Now, when we're talking about your personal finances, your team looks a little bit different. If you are married, your team member, one of the team members is gonna be your spouse. If you are married with children, your children have to be part of that team as well. If you're single, then that accountability partner that I've talked about needs to be part of your team. Perhaps you've hired a coach or you're going to hire a coach and that person needs to be part of your team. You've got um, maybe some financial advisors who need to be part of that or insurance agents or whatever. But the idea is that you have all these people who are on your team and it depends on what your goal is is going to dictate who's on the team for that. So let's just use our example of trying to get out of debt. Now remember, we were facing about $92,000 worth of debt, and it's funny because a lot of people think that I'm the one who actually came up with the idea to get out of debt, but it was my husband who purchased the book for me, the Total Money Makeover book by Dave Ramsey, and he purchased that book and gave it to me and said, here, honey, I know that you really were interested in this and wanted to read it. So I read the book and a few chapters in, I said, you know, babe, I really need you to read this book. And he's like, no, 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 no. I bought that so you could read it and tell me how this works. And I said, no, that's not how it works. I need you to read this for yourself. And I knew that I needed him to read it because he needed to be on board with the things that we were going to do because these were going to be some pretty big changes that we were going to make. And quite honestly, I knew there was no way that I could do them completely on my own. 
So one of the things that was important in order to help get him on board with these huge changes that were coming down the pike was to help him see what our future would look like without making those changes. You, and you know what that looks like, right? I mean, if you're listening to this, chances are you either going through it right now or you've gone through it already or perhaps you're on your way to it. I'm not sure, but I knew that our future looked bleak. We were spending money that we didn't have. We were spontaneous with our spending. We didn't usually put any thought into our, the potential consequences. We were investing in things rather than ourselves. And, you know, we kind of had this idea that we had very little control over our circumstances. You know, just whatever he made is what he made and so on and so forth. So like I could feel that we were in that fixed mindset and it just didn't feel right. And I knew we were headed in the wrong direction. So when I painted that picture for him of what our future looked like, he thought, oh my gosh, yeah, you're right. We really need to do something about this. And so it was it was enough to have him at least think about wanting to make some changes. But when it came down to it, it just looked all too overwhelming. I mean, $92,000 of debt, that's, holy crap, that's a lot of money, especially when you don't have any extra that's coming in. I mean, that's how we got into debt in the first place, right? There wasn't any extra, so we would use the cards and such to, to pad that difference. Well, when you are asking somebody to scale down their life so much so that you can have extra to pay off this, you know, lifestyle that you've had, then it, it's it's kind of a scary thing. So I had to find a way to get him on board. One of the things that I did, and now this, he would tell you to this day that I totally did a bait and switch and a trick, and he's not entirely wrong. So the plan that I wanted to do was to pay off all of our debt and then save about $10,000 in the bank and then save enough for 10% down on a home. And if you if you do the math on that, that would have been, uh, I don't even know, probably $120,000 something like that. I think about $120,000. And he looked at me like, uh, yeah, that is so not happening. I mean, it was one thing for him to hear 90,000, but then to throw an extra 30,000 onto that, just, he was just like, no, no, no. Um, so what I did was I made a little deal with my husband and I said, I tell you what, how about if we pay everything off except my student loans, then we can start working towards an emergency fund and then we can do um, it have payment towards a house. He honestly thought it would be 80 years old before we ever owned a house again. And, and he'll tell you that that's true. So if, if you knew my student loans, they were about $30,000. So in my mind, I thought, okay, we're just going to pay off 60,000. We'll let the other 30,000 sit. And then we will work on, you know, building an emergency fund and buying a new home. And so that was enough of a cushion for him to go, okay, that's doable. You know, you shaved off that $30,000. I think that's doable. Let's do it. And so it was just a matter of making it more realistic for him and kind of shaving that number down a little bit. So here's where the bait and switch that he accuses me of. <laughs> here's where it comes in. As we started taking down all the different debts, we got closer and closer to getting to my student loans. And he, I mean, we paid off his student loans in that mix and we paid off all the credit cards. We paid off everything except my student loans. And I just kept my mouth shut. He didn't know where we were in the whole thing. Like he knew he, that we were ticking down pretty quickly, that we were actually making some really great progress, but he didn't know for sure that we were, you know, just paying off our student loans. 
And yes, I suppose it was a little bit manipulative. And for that, I apologize. But the truth is he got to the point where one day he looked at me and he said, you know, I feel like we've been, we should be further. Like we should have already paid off everything except your student loans. And I said, why, yes, yes, we have. And he's like, wait a minute. I thought we were able to start saving towards our other stuff. And I said to him at that point, honey, we've already gotten over 20000 of that 30000 paid off on my student loans. What do you say we just kill the rest of it? And I think because at that point, he had seen that it was possible and we weren't going to be 80 years old by the time we actually accomplished this huge goal, he finally said, okay, let's just pay off your student loans. Let's be done with it completely. Then we'll you know, move on with the plan. So that's one trick is just to make it more doable. Have There has to be some sort of buy-in from your spouse. And for my husband, he didn't want to be a renter forever. So the buy-in was we can buy a home once we have accomplished this particular thing. So that's one thing. Get a buy-in from your people. Now, that was my husband. My kids couldn't have cared less if we were in a certain home rented or purchased. So they had to have a different buy-in. For them, the buy-in was a trampoline. Now, our journey started before my littlest one was even a little glimmer in our eyes. So it's really just the two older ones that were kind of needing to buy into this whole thing. But one of their things was they really, really wanted a trampoline. And, you know, we said no to our kids a lot over those few years. And, you know, they're still alive. It's amazing what happens when you say no to your kids. So, so many people thought we were just depriving our children of so many things. Like, the, you know, we didn't. We didn't have them involved in sports and we didn't have them involved in certain activities and that cost extra money and we didn't put braces on them right away. And, you know, there there are things that we probably would have done had we had extra money, but we just decided we're going to put some of those things on hold for now, not forever, for now, so that we could accomplish something else later. But, but the fun thing that they wanted that we always said no, not now to was a trampoline. At some point... I told them that once we had become debt-free as a family, we would absolutely get them a trampoline. And a little bit like their dad, they're like, Mom, it's going to take forever. And so we got some you know, little thermometer charts and we started putting them up around so the kids could see the progress and they could see that we were moving forward and they could see that they were getting closer and closer to that trampoline. And we said, it's not going to be forever, guys. It's just going to be a little while. Just have faith in us and work with us. And you know what happened? They stopped asking for as much stuff. It, we didn't have to say no as often because they stopped asking. And the reason they stopped asking was not because they, you know, got apathetic about it. It's just because they realized that there was something bigger that they wanted to wait for. They didn't need all those little trinkets at the store. They wanted to wait for the big prize, which for them was a trampoline. Once they were on board with that, not only did they stop asking for things, you guys, they became little built-in accountability partners. They really became part of our team, if you will. One of my favorite stories was one time when my husband wanted to go through the drive-thru. And we, you know, we don't say no to everything. He has his own pocket money and he can make his own decisions. And so he was willing to spend a little pocket money on that particular drive-thru, whatever it was. And my daughter is in the back seat and she says, Dad, how do you think we're ever going to become debt-free if you want to go to the drive-thru? 
And we kind of chuckled a little bit and, and acknowledged that she's clearly putting one and one together and getting two. And I said to her, honey, you know, that's that's really, really observant of you. And you are absolutely right. But dad ha- does have some fun money. And if dad wants to spend it at the drive through he can. So she accepted that explanation until he asked me for some change. You know how if it's like $3.45, sometimes I like to give the 45 cents so that you don't have a whole bunch of extra change lying around. And so he asked me, he said, honey, you know, do you have 45 cents? And I started to look in the van for 45 cents. And the same daughter pipes up from the back seat and she says, you know, I really think, Dad, that if you're choosing to spend your fun money on the drive through then you should just spend your money and not ask Mom for any to help you. And it was everything I could do to not just bust up laughing, but still beaming with pride. And I mean, I obviously gave him the 45 cents, but it was so obvious that she got it. She couldn't have been more than seven. And she got it. And that was phenomenal to me. Not only was she willing to play her part in this whole thing, she wanted to help hold us accountable as well so that we could reach her goal even faster. Guys, that is the power of a buy-in. If there is something that your spouse really, really wants, find a way to make that happen as long as this plan gets put into place. That's how you're going to get a buy-in from him or her. And that is how you're going to get a buy-in from your kids. Now, is this foolproof? No. I mean, you're not going to be able to just promise your spouse a house or promise your kids a trampoline and say, well, Maria told me that's what I needed to do. That's not what I'm talking about. You need to really know your audience. Your audience is your spouse. Your audience is your kids. You need to know them and know what makes them tick. And once you can tap into that and find a way to work that into your plan, you're going to be more likely to actually make this happen. And I'm not suggesting that you use a little trickery like I did, but you need to make sure that somehow the plan seems doable to that individual. My husband never would have started if he thought that we I was insisting that we pay all of this debt off first. The reason he started was because he saw something that was now doable. And then once we got to the point where we ticked along, it really wasn't as much of a bait and switch anymore because he knew that the remaining bit of that huge goal wasn't going to be such a big deal after all. And so he was willing to just kind of finish it off with me. I am happy to say that within about 48 or 72 hours of the time that I wrote that final payment to our student loans, my kids got a trampoline. We hopped online like, mom, can we get a trampoline now? We're debt free. And uh, so we said, yes, you have been waiting very patiently for that. And let's go out and pick the the nicest one that you can find. And I mean, we didn't really pick the nicest one out there, but um, we let them have a trampoline. We say it didn't take us very long. Once you have no debt, you guys, it doesn't take you very long to save up a little bit of money. Okay. Just throwing that out there. Um, And we went ahead and and shopped online and we found a really nice big trampoline with this, with, you know, the screen, whatever around it. And it's totally sun damaged now and it's probably on its way out the door. But, but four years ago, it was like the best thing that they could have ever asked for. And they were so excited to get that dumb trampoline. And within a year, less than a year, probably, oh, about a year. After we became debt-free, we owned a house. So my husband 
and my kids got what they wanted and I got what I wanted. All I wanted was that freedom. I just, I needed that sense of not worrying about the bills. I think I've told you in other podcast episodes that my, my role was the, the bill payer and I had taken on a lot of the stress and emotional turmoil with that, that came with all of that and not having enough money to do it all, whatever. Um, so for me, it was just a freedom thing. It was like, oh, I just, I want to take that world off of my shoulders and just be able to breathe again. I didn't care about a house. I didn't care about a trampoline. <laughs> I'll be honest. I just wanted to be able to breathe. So for me, that was my win. And then everyone else had their wins as well when we got, when we reached that goal. So this year, my husband was watching the Super Bowl and there was, you know, sometimes before the Super Bowl, they do like these documentaries of the coaches or whatever. And I believe it was the Super Bowl Eagles coach who was talking about a sign that he had seen in a picture that he always remembered and that has made a huge impact on his coaching career and how he coaches other teams. And he said the sign said this, an individual can make a difference, but a team can make a miracle. And I had to write that down because that is so impactfully true. And maybe debt-free isn't the giant goal that you're talking about, right? It could be something completely different. But if you're the only one who wants it, it's going to be very difficult to have everybody else get on board. So find a way to, to make a common win amongst all the team members because individually, you can make a difference. You will make a dent, right? Like you, you'll make those small behavior changes that'll make a difference for you. But if you can get your team on board, that can make a miracle. And I have had people say, there's no way that we could possibly have done what we did mathematically. And I say to that, no, it was more of a miracle that happened. Because not only do we have me and my husband and my kids on our team, you know, we have God on our team too. And that's huge. I mean, he really played a huge role in what we were doing. And he blessed our efforts. That's, that's very, very important that you can't just sit down and wait for God to bless you. You need to put in some effort and that effort will be blessed. An individual can make a difference, but a team can make a miracle. Today, I want you to define what that miracle will look like, and I want you to start thinking about who's on your team. Who do you need to buy into this whole idea, and what is important to them? You need to know what's important to them so that you can find this mutual win and start to work together. Okay, so, wow, you know, I, I think sometimes this whole no note thing is a blessing and sometimes it's a curse because you, you just get stuck listening to me go in circles in my head. And for that, I apologize. Um, but I do want to ask before I sign off today, have you gone to iTunes yet and hit subscribe? Have you left a star rating? Have you left a review? Those are the ways I know how I'm showing up for you. I love getting the occasional email or private message that says, I feel like you were talking directly to me on this particular episode. Because what that says to me is that I'm not the only one who goes through this stuff. You are too. And you're finding hope, you're finding value in the things that I'm sharing with you. And that is the only reason that I show up every single day so that I can do that for you. I hope today's episode was not an exception to that. I hope that you found something to grab some nugget out of this that you can take home with you today and start implementing right away. 
And remember to keep sending in your requests for more and more information or topics. I want to talk about what's important to you, not what's important to me. So send those requests to maria at cashinonchange.com and I will be sure to address them. If you'd like me to give you a shout out on the podcast, just leave your name and city of residence and I will make sure that I do that when you send in your information. All right, guys, have a great rest of your day. We'll chat soon. Bye-bye.